You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Pony Stampede podcast. Thanks for listening to this edition as bye week hits for SMU. They will not be in action this weekend as uh, they'll take a little bit of a rest and gear back up for Temple on October 19th inside Ford Stadium. But SMU had plenty of football on their hands in a triple overtime thriller in a 21-point comeback win over Tulsa on Saturday night in Gerald J. Ford Stadium. I'm Billy Embody, publisher of PonyStampede.com. We're going to recap Kind of some final thoughts on that game. I mean, what more can you say about what happened on Saturday night and how it transpired and all of those things? We'll get into that, and I'll also give you my predictions for the rest of the season. Have they changed? How will things play out? Can SMU go undefeated? We'll talk about that on this podcast, and then we will wrap up. To kind of put the the button on on SMU's win over Tulsa, what an incredible game from the gaff on the on the kickoff by SMU, and we'll talk about that as well a little bit more in depth. To the fourth quarter uh, with Shane Bouchelle in that offense and some of the trickery to the defense kind of keeping them in the game in the first half as they got down, you know, twenty three to nine and at the end of the first half and. Uh, but the interceptions played a big part. We'll, we'll, we'll dive into all that. I think what stands out to me the most in this one is is just how big of a difference having a quarterback like Shane Bouchelle can make. Because at the end of the day, this comes back to him being able to, to shake off what was really, I mean, it, it was pretty bad. It, it, his first three quarters, you know, two, I would say two and a half quarters were were pretty bad. the The offense wasn't moving. Shane Bouchel missed a lot of throws. He was clearly off in his timing, and SMU didn't really get anything accomplished offensively. and And for him to come out and 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 you know about how late third quarter start to turn it on. They made some big throws. They had the drive. They were driving. Um, and and then they and then they got the extension on the pass interference call on the goal line to to push it to the next quarter, and then for for Cayman Freeman to to punch it in, and then from there the kind of the rest is history. I, I I think that just shows what what SMU has in terms of being able to shake off poor performances throughout the course of a game, not just from one week to the next, but. I mean, if anybody thinks that SMU is coming back from that game or, or from that situation in the past, they're 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 wrong. I, I'm sorry. It, it was just as much about SMU making plays, getting stops, and and being able to 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 execute, and especially with enough time left to make the to to complete the comeback. That that's as much on Shane Bouchelle as. It is on on the rest of the team, and and I don't want to single them out because it is a team that came back. But I think he set the tone in being able to to actually achieve that comeback and and make that that history that they did. 
for me, it, I think SMU got through a tough matchup. Tulsa really, really big defensively. That three-man front does make it difficult to, to kind of accomplish what they want to accomplish offensively. And don't think, in my opinion, that other teams are just going to come out and run it and 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 just have success. It, it takes a, a, a preparation throughout the season to run a three-man front and, and have success and do all those things. And we saw Texas State give SMU tr- trouble early on. We saw Tulsa give... SMU trouble throughout the game, but at the end of the day, I mean, you have to be able to execute that type of a defense. So I don't want people to all of a sudden think, well, oh, all of a sudden they're just going to run three-man fronts at SMU and it's going to look like it did Saturday night. No, it, it's a you have to be able to you have to be able to to, to execute it and and you have to have, be familiar with it. So, but it but it was a, a a matchup that SMU didn't like going into the game. Just their size really worried him. Their strength up front really worried him in terms of their offensive line and how they'd react with, with that size as well as having to deal with you know, just the matchup in general. So it's a game that SMU needed to just go ahead and get through. I I know I, I felt going in that SMU would just be able to, you know, cover by two touchdowns and, and, and they didn't obviously, but it it's, it was a game that throughout the course of the season that you just kind of have to get through six weeks is a long week or is a long uh, stretch to go without a bye, And you can tell this team was really, was really pushing through to get to that point of, okay, we now are on the bye, we can move on and, and do all that. So this was a matchup that really showed that. And, and, and it was true, but defensively I can't say enough good things about Armani Johnson the the play you know by him has has just been outstanding he had the interception return for the touchdown which was huge looking back and the defense played really hard and got stops when they needed to and and that's uh, that that's really all that matters and if you go back through a game thread which is just such a, a incredible thing to have to go back and look through but you have to look at a game just kind of overall and, and you know, overreacting in, when you're watching a game in the first quarter or second quarter. And even as dire as it was for SMU going into the fourth, keep in mind they started the fourth quarter on the one-yard line and punched it in. And, and then all of a sudden it's 30-16, it's to 16, which is really doable over the course of a quarter. And so as you... Like I said, as you watch a game, it's it's just so much about the entirety of it, and 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 we've we talked about this a lot last year, as as SMU kind of went through certain games that that they looked really really good and and or or looked really really bad, and we certainly went through that in the in the Chad Morris era, as well when when we're all as a board community watching a game like that. So uh, for me. And I didn't get to watch it. I was at an SMU wedding, and there were plenty. There were plenty of us watching it, but there were certain parts that we just weren't able to as much. But going back, I got to rewatch it, and so much of what they had offensively was there throughout the night. So, you know, whether it was a missed out route by Shane Bouchelle, whether it was this or that, it, it just it seemed offensively like they were off, which is true. 
And a lot of that, I would say, was on Shane Bouchelle. Like St. Dyke said, after the game, they had a lot of what they wanted to do there throughout the game. They were just missing throws, not making the right read, whatever you want to say. That was what, what was going on. And so as you kind of watch a game, you have to say, okay, all right, a little bit off on that throw. You got to think Shane Bouchelle is going to be able to come back and make it. And, and while it took him all of, you know, almost three quarters to do that, he was able to to put it together, and that's what it's about. What it's about giving yourself a chance to win when it matters most, and they did that. And it started with that drive at the towards the end of the third quarter, and they punched it at the beginning of the fourth. And you look up at the at the beginning of the fourth quarter, let's call it that, and you're down 14. And you say, okay, we just had a really good drive. They're gassed. A 19 play drive ends in a touchdown. Let's go see what our defense can do, and and. For the most part, I mean, SMU's defense played really well outside of two really, really, really bad busts in coverage. They really did. I, I don't – that going back and, again, watching it from an entirety standpoint, I felt SMU's defense played fairly well and certainly gave them a chance to win. They just had two really, really bad busts in coverage. And it wasn't – I mean, it was – it was really bad. <laughs> like, don't don't get me wrong. And you can't have those things, and you can't have those things against Memphis, or you can't have them against Houston, or Temp, uh, uh, Temple, or Tulane, or whoever is left on SMU's schedule because it's a difficult schedule. You can't have them. But they're not things that have been uh, characteristics of this this defense throughout this fall so far. And so that's why I'm not necessarily worried about things like that. We've seen SMU contest almost every single ball thrown this season. And in a game where they couldn't afford to at, the, at those points in the game, they, bl- they blew coverages. And so that hurts. And, but overall, I, I, did, I did think that SMU's defense, in terms of their total plays, played fairly well. They just had two really bad busting coverage that that led to touchdowns so when you got to overtime all bets were off obviously and they needed help look and and Xavier Jones's fumble was was brutal and watching that I did get to watch the entire about five final five minutes of the game and then final uh uh, and then final overtime period uh overtime periods um I got to watch all those start to finish and Xavier Jones's fumble was was just brutal and it, it's going to be, it's just, they got lucky. I mean, they got lucky that um, they missed those field goals and they had a bad kicker situation, just kind of like SMU has. But it, it's, uh, they, they found a way, they, they, they really did. And, and once they missed that field goal, they recovered from the fumble. And, and then they missed the, the other field goal when Tulsa got the ball first. And then Shane Bouchelle opens up, goes deep, and you go to your best player, and and he makes a play, and um, that that's pretty much it. That that's what that's when it mattered. He threw an absolute dime. James Prochet made an unbelievable catch. Two hands held onto it, got one foot down. Ball game. What an incredible way to come back for SMU. Um, I do want to say I thought the refs were terrible. Both sides, both sides got shafted, um, but. But SMU really kind of got the sh- the short end of the stick on it, and look, I mean, I'll say this: I talked with a couple people in, uh, you know, around the program, and and that touchdown on the kickoff should have been 
Should have been a touchback. The ball rolled in to the end zone, and that's supposed to be a touchback. League office has called SMU and, and told them that. So I do want people to know that, and it's pretty unbelievable that they also told SMU that they couldn't review it. So it's um, it, it was, look, what a total mess of a game. But when it got, got down to it, SMU was able to get the win and move on. I think they've got some things to clean up. Offensive line could definitely use a rest. They they you know didn't get much of a push up front throughout the night. But this is one thing I said this on the board. This is why you don't give up on the run. It, it you you just don't. You they kept pounding away, pounding away. Even late in the game, they were running the football, and they kept Xavier Jones fresh. And I and I think they've kind of they they knew that they again had to just get through this game. But they knew that Xavier Jones was a little sore from last week. He played really well in the first half, and they shut him down in the second when they built a big lead against USF. And they come back against against Tulsa and say, okay, we, we ran him pretty hard in the first half. We're going to go, and we're going to kind of keep him fresh. We're going to keep the rotation going. And we're, we're then going to bring him in in the fourth quarter and and rotate him and, and Cayman Freeman, but but give Xavier Jones much of the you know, most of the carries. And – but he was able to get it done, and he ripped off a few big runs, and 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 was fresh at critical points. So, but overall, that's why you don't stop running the football. They could have totally abandoned the the run game, and Shane Bouchel would have ended up throwing it, you know, 60, 65 times over the course of the the game, and you kind of extend the game or whatever. But SME did a great job staying with the run, not abandoning it. I thought that was as critical as anything. For the game, because then if, if you somehow get back to overtime, one that Tulsa defense is not as fresh as 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 it could be, and Sonny Dykes even noticed that in overtime, and he said, "Look, that's why we that's why we didn't go for twos. We felt okay, we can kick it and extend the game because their defense is gassed, ours is not, and we feel like we can win a shootout if needed to, you know, from the twenty five yard line back and forth. So that was kind of their thinking when they chose to." kick the extra point after the first touchdown in overtime. And I, I just felt like the game in the fourth quarter was managed really well by Sonny Dykes and the staff. It allowed them to wear down Tulsa. And and ultimately, that's that was kind of the biggest difference in, in overtime. I mean, Tulsa, on the other hand, just kind of looked gassed. So I I think you know, that, that they just need a rest. <laughs> there, are, there are plenty of other teams in the AAC that have had bye weeks already. And uh, this week it's going to be SMU's time for a bye, and they certainly deserve it. Six and zero for the first time since 1982, ranked number 21 in the AP Bowl. They're in a really good spot right now, and look, they they got through this one. And Tulsa plays their tails off, and um, it, it's just they're in a good spot right now. They're going to be well rested against another physical team against Temple this coming weekend uh, or next weekend, October 19th. When uh, they come to come to uh, come to Dallas, and then after that, you got a short week. You gotta you gotta put it together, and then and then they uh, they they, uh, they they go to Houston. So they stay in the t- state of Texas, which is good. I think they're in the state of Texas for the entire pretty much rest of the month of October. I think they play they play Houston on the twenty fourth, and then they are. Uh, 
yeah, they're, they're, they're in the state of Texas for, for the rest of the month. So that's good for them. Less travel, all that. They only have to go down to Houston and, and play the Cougars. So, look, um, we're going to jump more into kind of the rest of the season and what, what my thoughts are on that after this quick break from the Pony Stampede podcast. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Welcome back to the Pony Stampede podcast. Thanks for listening. A quick reminder to subscribe to the podcast and leave us a rating and a review. We appreciate you guys listening out there. Another quick thank you to all of you guys who subscribed to PonyStampede.com over our promo deal last week. We're going to have another one going in the near future for you guys as well. So look out for that. And, and, um, Subscribe to the to PonyStampede.com, a dollar for just your first month. So uh, check that out. Plenty of kind of VIP breakdowns coming this week as uh, we look ahead in recruiting, look ahead in the season and all those things. So be on the lookout for that. And we also have a ton of reaction from recruits rolling all week long on PonyStampede.com. So wanted to jump into the rest of the season predictions for myself and kind of where I see things going for the Mustangs. Uh, look right now, I, I think for me, I'm I'm hard pressed not to to say I have them winning out, and 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 here's why. I, I think it starts with Shane Bouchelle. I, I've said that. I said that in the preseason. I I said that throughout the season. I, gosh, I just said it five minutes ago. That this team with with what they have around him and what they have in terms of him as a leader and and not not blinking not taking anything too lightly is just huge it's such a change in mindset for this program and and they've bought in so much that yeah i i do see smu having a very very good chance to to go undefeated and and look at while i think memphis is going to be the toughest task I, I do think Houston's playing really well, but I, I, I just, and maybe it's kind of a, an easy way out, but I think now that they've hit the bye week, look, you're going to play a physical temple team at home. I'll start there. I think they're going to win that one. The, the temple is, is, I think they're better than the one loss that they have on their record right now. We'll obviously find out a ton about how good Temple is when they take on Memphis this weekend, and if they do beat Memphis, look, I I think SMU has a as a uh, 
dark horse chance of being a college game day host on, on October 19th. I really do. I've looked at that schedule. I think it's fairly average. College game day does try to go to a place where they've never been before. And I, I, I think there's a chance. I mean, I really do. And so anyway, um, kind of look, look for how things play out against Temple versus Memphis. I mean, watch that game. Temple plays really hard. I don't necessarily think they're as good as Memphis is, but they do have the players to to get it done and to beat Memphis if if they you know put it together the right way because they do play really really hard. They play fundamentally well. But uh, look, I have SMU beating Temple, um, and and, um, and and moving on to seven and zero. They're at home. Temple making a long trip. They'll be coming off an emotional game either way against Memphis. So um, I've got SMU beating Temple, moving to seven and zero. Here's one that I kind of go back and forth with because I do think Clayton Tune has certainly been been fairly fairly good for Houston since taking over for De'Ara King when when he redshirted. But I, I think I think SMU is more disciplined than than Houston. I think they've they play harder. Than Houston and and I think that's one thing that like when when Houston lost it to Tulane, that's kind of a, something that stands out to me the most about that team is is when things get tough, when things get difficult, do they have the discipline to to win? And that's why I think when SMU and SMU's played very very well on the road this year, I'm going to go with SMU move to eight and zero on the year. With that, I, I just think quarterback edge. Again, SMU playing really well on the road. I think this is a team kind of on a revenge tour in a way, and I know they beat Houston last year, but in terms of going into Houston and winning for the first time in forever, that that's something that um, I think that'll really kind of propel them uh, to a win in, in that one. But look, Houston Houston's a good team. They could they could certainly certainly uh, take down SMU at home. So. I, I do have SMU moving to eight at no. Memphis, this is one. This one is very, very difficult because it's another undefeated team that I'm just. They're very good. Don't get me wrong. I don't know how much I love some of their wins out there that are viewed as kind of big ones. Like I don't think beating Ole Miss is as impressive as beating TCU. I don't think allowing ULM to put up 33 points. Is is that impressive? I, I I just don't know, and and so it's a team I go back and forth on a lot, and I again I don't necessarily like Brady White either at quarterback. So they'll be playing Tulane, or they'll they'll be playing um, Tulsa right before their game against against SMU on the road. So they kind of get a little bit of a reprieve because I do think they'll take care of business there. They do play Tulane uh, at home the week prior. They play Temple, like I said, this Saturday. So they're they're going on a stretch of four games, and this is this is critical for me. Okay, SMU is going to have the long week of preparation for Memphis, and they're going to be catching Memphis for the their fourth straight game. And they're coming off a road game too. And now it's a short trip over to Tulsa for them. But still a road game. I I've got SMU. I've got I like I like the way this team handles business on the road. I do. I I, I think when 
you look at Memphis, I think their defense has some holes for for SMU. I think the way SMU played Memphis last year defensively gives them a lot of confidence going into this one. And I, I like SMU to get the job done and move to 9-0. and I, I really do. Again, it, for me, on the road, it comes, it comes down to quarterback. Memphis is going to be tired. Memphis is kind of going to be like SMU was going into this one. Because you th- these first two games that Memphis has against against Temple and against against uh, Tulane are really going to take a lot out of them. And then you've got got to go on the road and play Tulsa, who does play hard, and then come back around and and play SMU, who has a little bit of an extended break, having played Houston on that Thursday night. So. I like SMU to go to nine and zero and 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 beat Memphis on the road. I, I really do. And um, it, go, before the Tulsa game, it was a toss up, and I think the Tulsa game was a lot more of a product of SMU being tired after six straight wins or six straight games, and and certainly five tough battles. So now SMU's chances on the FPI sit at forty three percent for the game, but I don't think that's indicative of of how this matchup can actually go. And and I don't think it's giving SMU enough credit for how they played last year with the issues at quarterback that they had last year and and now having a, a legit quarterback at the helm. And then the week after that, SMU, I think they'll take care of business against East Carolina. They're, this East Carolina team, they, they're just not very good. They really aren't. So I've got them at 10-0. and And then you've got two really difficult matchups. And, and Navy... On the road, again, I, I like SMU on the road. This is a little different. You're going to be on the road far, far, far away against um, against Navy in late November. Navy just beat Air Force, so they they have and, and they they just they had Memphis on the ropes too. So this is a good Navy team. I think they're getting they're not getting as much credit as they probably deserve nationally for what they've done this year, kind of making those tweaks offensively, bouncing back from a rough season a year ago. SMU had a tough time against Navy, but it pulled it out, got their win in, in overtime and, and all of that. But I, this is one that gives me probably the most pause on predicting out of them all on the schedule. Just because... Of the changes Navy has made, so they, they're going to be bringing new looks to the table. Now, granted, it's late in the season, so you've got all the film. But I, I said this a, a few minutes ago. I'm hard-pressed not to just pick SMU in all the rest of the games. And I do think, more likely than not, there's 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 going to be a stumble around, a, along the way. I just don't see, I don't see it in any of these games. Like... They could have lost to Tulsa. No one would have seen that coming. And so, like, I mean, Temple could Temple could be a loss. I mean, they play their tails off. Navy certainly could be a loss. They play their tails off. I think those sitting here, when they get to late November, they're going to be kind of s- smelling that blood in the water. Again, you go on the road as a team, and they get get far, far away. And and I just see them somehow coming away with a win and and going to going to eleven eleven and zero and then you come back and you've got all the pressure in the world on you to to beat Tulane and and complete an undefeated season. It's going to be 
quite the task, but I do see SMU beating Tulane. I, I just, I think, I don't think Justin McMillan is, is that great. He's played very well this year, but I really look at guys. I covered him at LSU. I, I didn't, I don't think he's that great of kind of a, uh, a quarterback in terms of being able to lead his team to, to a win against, you know, this against a team that plays as hard and is as well coached as SMU. And, and now we'll kind of see, you know, how things play out. But I mean, it, once you get to this point, if you're at 11 and 0, I, I like SMU to, to take care of business and, and go to 12 and 0. I do. And, um, yeah, I, I, SMU's beaten Tulane now, I think what, three years in a row. So it doesn't really phase me to pick this, even, even though as, as, as hard as Tulane plays and all of that. And, and my one concern, I guess would be, does SMU kind of squeeze the sticks to a little too hard like they did against Tulsa and come out tight in a game with this much pressure, you know, maybe they, you know, in their, for their sake, you know, learn their lesson against Tulsa and kind of playing tight. They need to play loose. So I think it's something that the coaching staff will focus on and kind of correct a little bit, maybe change up kind of how they approach a game like this in terms of, uh, you know, their routine and all of that, maybe a little bit, you know, looser around the, around the team that week and just kind of go out and play football. But look, I, I, I said this a few minutes ago, I'm hard pressed not to pick them to win out. And, and I, and I just did. So I'm going to pick them to win out and figure it out. I just going into this year, I would have said, gosh, Memphis on the road. That's a, that's a loss. And I did, but with the way this team is prepared for road games and taking care of business, I mean, gosh, for the Memphis game, they're probably, and I, I, I don't know this, but they're probably staying in the same hotel. They're just, they've got like a 15 minute ride to the stadium now, instead of going an hour to, to Jonesboro. So I, I, I like SMU to take care of business and, and whenever kind of, whenever you would think pre-planned adversity would hit, this team has responded kind of every step of the way, whether it be in games or whether it be going into the game. So TCU, well, they're, you know, they haven't won since 2011. Um, can they get it done? Not sure. Can they go into Arkansas and get it done? New team, a lot of new faces. Not sure. But they do, and and they have. And so that's kind of one thing that I hang on. I think it's a trait of this team that that is really, really impressive is their ability to adjust to adverse situations in pregame. So buzz around like uh, – like dealing with a tough road game like like a TCU or or Arkansas State for that matter dealing with a short week looking ahead to Houston that that's something that I feel like they'll they'll do fairly well with going on the road at Memphis again something that I, I think they'll do fairly well with it's these games like like I would say my my main concerns are being you know really well rested for Temple and having a layoff Going on the road against Navy, a team you beat last year, but they've made tweaks and 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 you know you have to face this difficult triple option. That that's a concern. Tulane, they play their tails off. You're going to be face. You could be looking, you know, down the barrel of of undefeated at home. That concerns me more than going than than kind of having to rally the troops for two straight home games 
or two straight road games with different kind of like weird situations with a short week for Houston and a long week for Memphis and kind of having to to worry about how they're going to respond because I feel like they've responded as well as you can ask this year when they are not necessarily viewed as the team that will take care of business. Like Corso picking them on game day, saying, all right, this is it. This has been fun or whatever when they're going into the USF game. What do they do? They go out and beat the brakes off of the Bulls. This, Those two games, Houston-Memphis, those are the ones that I kind of sit here outside of East Carolina and say, okay, I like where they're at going into those games, going into those situations. So I picked them to go undefeated. I'm going to stick with it. And, and we'll see how the uh, chips fall. But with that, guys, I'm going to wrap up this podcast. Tomorrow, look for a podcast looking at the entire 2020 recruiting class, where things stand, how things will play out from here. And we'll have a ton of VIP content for you guys over the course of the rest of this week. Again, more visitor reaction. Some of these 2020, 2021 prospects sounding off on their trip to SMU for the Tulsa game. And so look for all of that and more uh, breakdowns on the 2020 recruiting class. So uh, keep it locked on Pony Stampede the rest of the week. And we will catch you guys tomorrow with a fresh pod as well. So thanks for listening to this edition of the Pony Stampede podcast. And have a great week. CBS Friday. TV's hottest show is Fire Country. I'm not a hero. I'm in orange for a reason. They're taking 12 months off your sentence. You're free. Lady. With a special epic season finale. Now that I'm out, I need something to get me up in the morning. You are a firefighter. You speak. That will be unforgettable. In the name of your life's happiness, go get your girl. She's getting married tomorrow. Says, when do you let anything get in the way of what you want? The Fire Country season finale, Friday, 9, 8 central on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus.